Hey, it's Michael, and welcome to another podcast episode. Before I get into today's episode, we wanted to make an offer to you. If you go to firmsconsulting.com, you will see a pop-up or you'll see a place to add in your email address or you can register on the Firms Consulting website. If you register onto that website, you get put into an exclusive list. And what you get in that exclusive list is samples of the content we have available to FC Insiders. So that said, I hope you enjoy today's episode. Hi, everyone. This podcast will focus on training in management consulting firms. And it comes down to a discussion I had with a client yesterday and a interested, let's say an interested candidate today who wanted to know more about how he needs to go about selecting firstly the region to which he applies and the firm to which he applies. Because he's read like, you know, surveys that say McKinsey spends more than the Harvard Business School on research. He's read that, you know, sort of satellite or smaller offices like whatever, Santiago, Johannesburg, and so on, are not that good when it comes to training. So he's worried about you know, picking the wrong firm and picking the wrong region. And his feeling was that, you know, he needs to know more about these regions and more about these firms before he can make a decision. So this podcast talks a little bit about how training will work, because I think there's the formal training and informal training, and I don't think we give enough credit to the informal training. In fact, I would say that we should discredit the formal training. So what do I mean by that? Very simple. When you join a consulting firm, any of the major firms, McKinsey, BCG, and so on, you will spend time in formal training. You're one of those lucky people who will start and get put onto training for the first week or two weeks. So you're one of those, you know, you think you're unlucky people whereby you get put into the firm and the first day you're assigned onto a project. Now, I've had clients who have been like that and I think they struggle a little bit. Let me explain to you why it's beneficial to be put onto training when you first join the firm and why it is not beneficial in a sense to be put onto a project immediately. It's not for the reasons you think. I don't think anyone learns how to be a management consultant in formal training programs. You don't. I attended training programs. I designed some of the firm's training programs. And I led some of the firm's training programs. And as an attendee of the programs, I think it's a waste of time. I would sit in my chair, think about what was for lunch. Yeah, I'd pay attention. But, you know, at a certain point, it's just boring anecdotes that are being discussed because the context is always going to be missing. You know, the excitement of being on client side, which propels the adrenaline to get you to pay attention is not there. Yeah, this senior partner can be talking about you know, how they went in there and helped with the corporate strategy of a client. But no matter what he says, no matter how much he shows you on a PowerPoint slide, no matter who does that presentation, you're not learning anything. All you are doing is listening to a story of a team that delivered a very complex engagement but you haven't learned how to do that. But the benefit of training programs, I think, is that it teaches you the firm's lingo. It allows you to understand culturally what is acceptable and what is not acceptable. It lets you in on the cultural symbols. Like, for example, you know, some firms don't put their logos on, on material like sweaters and so on because they don't want the consultants wearing it to a client site and everyone knows, you know, McKinsey or BCG is there, for example. While other firms like, you know, Accenture will put it on everything that moves, even a zebra if they could find one. So I think that the benefit of training is that it allows you to culturally acclimate to a firm. And I don't think you should underestimate that. But the benefit of training in that first week or two weeks is not because you learn how to do a strategy engagement. If you can learn how to do a strategy engagement from a one-week course, then, okay, this this is shut down McKinsey and BCG because, you know, anyone can do it from a one-week course. But you can't. And I think you need to understand that. 
The disadvantage for people who get on to put onto projects immediately who haven't had a time to culturally acclimate through these training programs is obvious. You go in there being terrified about what is right and what is wrong. A partner comes in and you don't know if you should bow or curtsy or kiss him on his lips. You would laugh when you hear that. But that kind of nervousness can derail very promising careers. When we place clients and they don't know what to do, a lot of them call us and say, Michael, what do I do? I've heard this partner is very tough. I just say, just be yourself. He's a partner. He's a human. He knows his weaknesses. You treat him like he's a human being. And you are going to struggle more without the training, not because you don't know the technique, but because you don't know what is culturally acceptable at the firm. So training is useful for that reason. I've yet to see a training program anywhere in the world that is good at teaching you how to do the job, right? Because you don't know what you don't know. Training is really good when you spend a year at McKinsey or BCG, you realize your weakness is Excel modeling, and then you be put onto an Excel modeling program. Because then you know where you struggled, you know why you're struggling, you know the language, you know how to not do to things, how to do things, and you can then extract the right things from training programs. In other words, you've got to fail a little bit or be failing a little bit before the training programs helps. But there's no such thing as a preemptive training program whereby let's send all of our consultants in here before they get on the project and they'll learn. That's a waste of time, a waste of money. And frankly, if the leadership team is doing that, they don't understand management consulting. Now, that's training, right? That's the formal training. Let's talk about the informal training because the informal training is very important and it has... And yeah, I'm going to answer the question about why regions and uh, firms are so important. Now, I'm going to say certain things about Bain and so on. And Bain people are going to disagree, but that's okay. You have a right to be wrong about certain things, right? And as well, you know, if you worked at Bain your whole life, how do you know what's at McKinsey and BCG? So it's very difficult to argue some of these things unless you have worked there. And I can, you know, we have mentors who ran McKinsey strategy practice and so on. So we can definitely validate what we are saying with them. Bain is a very regional firm. And it's not to knock Bain. Bain's a very successful firm, right? You know, they've taken that bronze medal and they've polished it to be the third best firm in management consulting and they are proud of that. A very, very good firm. And I may be being a little bit sarcastic there, but you know, they are a good firm. Take nothing away from them. They are very good at what they do and they do good strategy work and they do good operations work and they are at their best. They can stand up and beat anyone. But Bain is an office-based firm. If you work for Bain, you are going to be based out of an office and the majority of your work is going to be in that office. You can argue why they structure themselves that way. You can talk about the mechanics, but mostly it has to do about economics. So Bain teams are structured according to offices. And if you are a Bain senior associate consultant, whatever the titles they have, you are going to be spending the bulk of your time working with people in your office. Now, there are some advantages and some disadvantages. The advantages are obvious. You get to learn about someone in one project. There's less learning to in the next project because you know, over time, you end up working with most people in that office and less need to adjust. The disadvantage is obvious. You piss off someone senior to you, the odds are you're going to be working either for them, close to them, underneath them, or whatever it is, and that's not going to be a pleasant experience. Moreover, if you think about training, right? When I was you know, jetting all over the world and meeting different project teams from Israel and so on, I must tell you something. The majority of training takes place on a project. I think everyone would agree with that. But the majority of training takes place on the diversity of the project context and the project team. So for example, you know, when I arrive and I've got to work with these Israeli team members or whatever country I'm working in, right? They don't know me. Yeah, they know I come from the firm, but they don't know me. Because I know they don't know me, I try extra hard to prove myself. I try more diligently to prove myself, right? 
Beyond that, I take nothing for granted because I don't know them. Right. So while I know they came from the firm, they're obviously highly regarded, I have to be extra careful in terms of what they give me. I'm not saying I don't trust them, but it's human nature. It's not something that I've read about these people. Beyond that, have you ever worked with Israelis? You actually think they hate you when they work with you because they are so emotional and loud. I mean, I've been with Israeli partners and, and their cheeks get red when they explain things to me because they're screaming it at me. Now, personally, I have nothing against that. But the first time I experienced it, I was a bit sure I'd done something wrong. And I was quite junior the first time I experienced it, right? But as you go across different cultures, and as you learn to do your work, whether it's developing storyboards, panels, whatever you want to call it, and business models and so on in different cultures, you are changing the context. And by changing the context, you have to try harder. And by trying harder, you improve the rate at which you learn. It's a very important point, right? The guy who can give a speech in front of any audience is obviously the better person who can deliver a speech. If you can only deliver a speech in front of a certain type of audience, and you've never delivered a speech in front of another type of audience, yes, you may get away with it in front of the new audience, but more or less, most people are going to fail. And it's the same thing with consulting. The more you learn how to deploy your consulting skill set across diverse audiences and diverse countries with diverse cultural requirements, reporting standards, cultural symbols, and so on, the better consultant you be. So when I tell people to pick firms, I recommend McKinsey and BCG for this reason. BCG operates in a regional staffing model. They have, not hubs, they don't use that word anymore, it's very colonial sounding, but they have one large office and they have smaller offices around that and consultants work across those offices, right? Bain is more office-based. You work primarily in that office. Now, there's always going to be a Bain consultant who tells you that, oh, but I traveled internationally on these projects and I traveled here for training. But you know what? 2% of the population doesn't make a trend. 5% doesn't make a trend. 10% doesn't make a trend. It's got to be the majority to make a trend. It has to be official firm policy for it to be a fact, right? And I'm not saying that at McKinsey, you travel internationally. You know, you're, you're an international trendsetter. What I am saying is that McKinsey's policy is of global staffing, if you are good enough. There is very little chance of you being staffed under projects in Moscow, London, where you have a San Diego, Toronto, and so on, unless you are really good. So yes, international staffing exists, and I mean global staffing exists, but you have to be a hotshot. Now, I'm not saying I was a hotshot when I was young. Maybe they were just totally understaffed, and I just happened to be lucky, but I did travel a lot. And I think I learned a lot being forced to travel and apply my consulting skills in very difficult, sometimes challenging, and some places definitely hostile environments, right? So when you are picking and thinking through training, first you split training into formal and informal. Formal, there are benefits for formal training, but it's not the training. It's the cultural acclimation. And when it comes to informal training, that's where the training takes place. It's on project and by working in more diverse environments. Some firms give you more of that, and definitely McKinsey gives you more of that in BCG, but it has nothing to do with the office. You can work at a McKinsey office in Moscow, Vietnam, but the office itself doesn't determine the quality of training you get, just all other things being equal. You're bound to run into more senior partners in, say, New York or Dusseldorf than you're bound to run into Vietnam. But the firm policy is still the same. And I would argue the benefits of being in some of the so-called, I don't like using the word affiliate because technically it's wrong, but some of the smaller offices is that you are given more responsibility. And if we agree that most of the training happens on the job, we can also agree by default 
that being given more responsibility exposes you to better training. Because as we pointed out earlier, listening to a senior partner is not going to teach you much unless you have an opportunity to replicate that in a project. So in the smaller offices, you may get exposure to fewer senior partners, but more opportunities and more senior opportunities to replicate that. In a larger office, you may get more opportunities with senior partners, but I would say far less opportunities to bake that in to a project. It's a trade-off. I would rather be doing things with a few senior partners, but actually doing things than listening to a senior partner and not actually doing anything and trying to see how this applies in my case. So when you think about training, always keep that in the back of your head. And that's it for today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I enjoyed doing the episode. Finally, I want you to remember that the only way to get access to our special offers, the only way to get our special pricing, and the only way to get samples of our content is to join the list on firmsconsulting.com. It's the only way also to get access to our unique advanced content that we make available to insiders. So if you want to get a sneak peek of things, test it out, see what's in there, this is the place to go. And finally, I want to thank you again for making us one of the largest podcast channels around the world for careers and for the 2 million downloads and counting.